The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS. And brought to you by Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Get yours at bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Body Bio, get 20% off any Body Bio order at bodybio.com with code RTRS20. LL Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. And Kinetic Skateboarding, get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver on the show today. Get ready for a fun episode as Mike is out, but the one person who could possibly fill his shoes, one Andrew Unterberger in an episode that is ripe to be fraught with technical difficulties, will join us to give his thoughts on the state of the team and answer as many voicemails as we can get to. You up for it, AU? Yeah, it's strange to hear you say my full name. I can't remember the last time that like I was called anything but AU on this podcast. Andrew Unterberger. Very, there he very, is. Very jarring to the year. But yeah, I'm here uh, looking forward to it. I have no idea what kind of questions y'all are getting these days. Uh, wow. Like, like Every, are we going to have to talk about the Sixers, actually? Or? Well, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll okay. get to it. And some of them are about the Sixers. Everybody tries to be creative with the fucking voicemails. Sure. Yeah. Just ask us a question. Motherfucker. <laughs> All right. Bark in the Park is October 22nd at Rose Tree Park. What it is, it's a 5K to support the Providence Animal Center. And what I always like to say about Providence Animal Center and shelters in general, yes, by donating, you are supporting them saving homeless animals, but it also supports the people who support the animals. So the people who work there and dedicate their lives to something good, it helps pay their salaries and their health insurance and all those sorts of things. So Bark in the Park, October 22nd. As always, we have a run team, which is massive. We want to raise $16,000 and have 100 members. We have about 50 members so far, and we've raised about 6,500 bucks. You can join. Do it at rightstorickysanchez.com. And thank you to Mortgage CS, the spo- our, one of our sponsors and sponsor of the Spike and Rebel Food Truck Festival, as well as LL Pavorsky Jewelers, Body Bio, Briggs Auction, DraftKings. Am I forgetting anyone who supports our run team? I don't think so. And if you raise 50 bucks or more, you get the rights to Ricky Sanchez Bark in the Park shirt, which is pretty cool. It is Rebel playing basketball on the moon. As well, I want to mention Kinetic Skateboarding, who has been... was has been AU's sponsor since AU came to the Ricky. Correct, AU? That's, that's correct. Uh, happy anniversary, Kinetic, right? Wasn't it the, the, they passed like 10 years recently or something? I remember they, they were having some sort oh. of anniversary event. Right? Yeah, I, uh, I think 10 years or yeah. could it be more than that? It can't be 20 years, can it? That seems unlikely. Yeah. Not, not 10 years with me on the podcast. I believe no. it's been uh, four, four for that. Four, yeah. Yeah, but, something uh, like that. Well, still, still going strong. Kinetic their to me their season is coming because hoodie weather is coming that's right and kinetic for me is central location is like hoodie central now of course great other clothes and sneakers you can't get anywhere else and of course if you're skateboard or snowboard or something but for me it's the hoodies go to kineticskateboarding.com and use promo code dave silver for 9.1 percent off your first order without any further ado amos and the show Welcome to the Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who is not Mike Levin, but is the next best thing. That is one, Andrew Unterberger. Oh, Good morning, you. sir. Good morning. I was not prepared for how loud the, the intro song is. Like when I'm listening with headphones on the actual live broadcast is like, uh, like a My Bloody Valentine concert or something. But uh, yeah, uh, great to be here. It's been, been a little while since I've been on the podcast. Great to 
Great to hear some answering machine messages without actually having to field any phone calls, which I, which I hate doing. So, oh, you so. hate the phone? You hate talking hate the on the phone? No, no, my mother and, and nobody else. I, I don't want to talk to my girlfriend on the phone. Uh, as as you, this is something that you will not find surprising at all. But as time has gone on and people have adopted, you know, text and Slack and things like that even more, I have become more pro phone than I've ever been in my life. Very uh, sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's look. I think you have two options and one is yours and one is mine. One is you could send uh, 16 digital messages over the course of six hours to figure something out, or you could have one 90 second phone call. And if, if what I like doing is fielding just more and more and more digital communications where people don't ask, answer the specific question that you've asked that you yeah, could just solve in one phone call. This is, this is very fair. And I should also point out that my job involves me talking to people on the phone on like a very regular basis, uh, <laughs> but which I don't love, but you know, it, uh, getting right about music for a living. It's an acceptable yeah. trade-off. Yeah. So thanks for joining us. Mike is, as he mentioned on the last pod, Mike is at a bachelor party in Pittsburgh. Is that what we said? Or is, is that where he was going? Yeah, bachelor party in Pittsburgh. So if you're in Pittsburgh, look for Mike with a bunch I, of other gentlemen. Maybe I should, I should tell you, actually, he, uh, he somebody's texted, wearing a he penis hat me. or something. Or is that what people do on bachelor parties? Or is that bachelorette parties? Uh, I think that's more of a, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if there's like a male equivalent for the for the, the penis out in the bachelorette party. But I should tell you, he, he texted me last night uh, yeah. to let me know that the, the bar was playing Brandy or a fine girl and that everyone was just going nuts over it. Oh, yeah, so, I'm sure. Yeah, just yeah. evidence remains overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. Brand, boy, that is a deep cut for the pod. <laughs> Very deep cut for the pod. So I'm surprised that even Mike remembered it, to be honest. Yeah. We're going to, well, any, anytime that Mike can say that I'm wrong about something, even when I'm explicitly right, Mike will take that path. So That's a very fair point. We're going to, well, okay, first of all, you know, if you're watching the pod, whether you're watching on YouTube or Twitch, recorded or live or on Spotify, recorded, Obviously, I'm wearing a hot dog costume. I guess the question is, should I wear the hot dog costume for the entire pod or should I remove the hot dog costume? Uh, it's, it's, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think anybody wants to necessarily watch you taking off the hot dog costume. It's going to be kind of awkward and, and like cumbersome. Uh, again, may as well just keep it on. Is I mean, it hot? It, be, it looks hot. It is actually hotter than you would think. Yes, it is. It is very hot. So, so before we get into voicemails, I wanted to answer some voicemails. We have some good ones. You can always leave us a voicemail at eight three three lickface. That is eight three three lickface. I've had a hard time. We've said several times on the pod that you are many times the emotional center of the the pod and the sort of universe that we're in, and you say things. You know, whether whether I think you truly believe them or not, or I think you truly feel them, you say things and you put them in a in a written form that I think a lot of people are feeling. I've had a hard time, that said, ascertaining, though I've enjoyed your writing in the off season, exactly how you feel about this specific Sixers team and this upcoming season. So before we get going, I, I just want to get your temperature on sort of like what you're feeling and where you are with the current day Sixers. Yeah. It's sort of a weird spot for me because they're basically doing everything that I want them to do. I mean, aside from the fact that I just wrote that column about like how great it is, they didn't sign a backup center to play above Paul Reed. And then they did that like two days later. That was, Mm -hmm. that was an L, but uh, everything else uh, I asked them to basically run it back. And they've, they've done that. Like the top four guys, the same this year as they were last year. I asked them to not make like a, a franchise altering trade or even like really get into the fray for, you know, Donovan Mitchell or Kevin Durant or one of those other guys and sacrifice Maxi and sacrifice most of the other kind of younger pieces, everybody else besides Joel, basically. Uh, And they did that, uh, whether by choice or just by circumstance. Uh, I asked them to let Boston kind of shoot themselves in the foot by getting very involved in the Kevin Durant thing. And uh, that happened. Uh, So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about all that. Uh, but I don't think that like the actual outlook for the team has changed has changed that much. Like I, mm-hmm. I think we're still basically where we were the last couple of years, uh, with a, like a slightly more fortified roster and maybe like a better chance that things break our way if they break one way or the other. But like I don't, I, th- I think we're going to win a ton of games this regular season. I look forward to watching that. But I think that the team is basically the same going into the playoffs. It's mostly just a question of whether Harden has this miracle recovery that I'm not like super optimistic about. 
uh, or Joel actually stays healthy for once, which I'm a little more optimistic about because that seems to be the kind of focus of this entire season. Like I wrote about this week, uh, just kind of like getting Joel on the sidelines as much as possible and playing without him for 10, 15 games at a time if they have to. Well, doesn't uh, it, doesn't it seem like though you, you did write about that and it is a, it's like a good idea. It does seem like we've been talking about it every year he's played yeah. and they find a way to not do it right now, whether that is him or the coach, I think you could, you could, I don't think the answer is a super clear one, right? I think at the end of the day, Joel plays as much as Joel wants to play. And if Joel wants to play 38 minutes a game, he'll play 38 minutes a game. It just seems like we go into every year and say, we're not going to do it. And then after the first 16 games of the year and beat his leading centers in minutes played. So I, I guess I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. And that's, that's a very fair approach to it. I, I do think that Joel is a different approach this year. I mean, that we, we haven't really heard a lot from him, but just based on the comments after the playoffs were over, and based on the kind of like PR speak that's filtered out through Drew Hanlon, uh, like it does seem like he's he's finished MVP voting twice in second place, and he sort of realized that that's probably not going to happen for one reason or another. Uh, and I think this year is the year. He's like, all right, like I'm sick of just getting bounced in the second round. I'm sick of my body not being where it should be at that time of year. The MVP is not going to happen. Like I've already proven all I really need to in the regular season. Like I'm fine kind of chilling a little bit. Now it's one thing to go in with that approach and another thing to actually like see it through. Uh, and I do think that he, like he's, he and I sort of feel the same way, which is that like, even though we can talk big picture about Joel sitting games, whenever it actually comes time for tip off, like we don't want him out there. Like, like I, I'll never, I'll never not be disappointed by news that Joel and he's not playing in a basketball game, even though I know that at this point, that's like the best thing for the big picture. Uh, and he probably is going to get that way too. But I, I imagine there'll be, there'll be some kind of injuries early, uh, Harden will you know be able to kind of steady the ship in his absence. They built they basically built this. I think you, were, you guys were talking about last week. They built this to be a James Harden team. They built it to that like without Embiid present, it can kind of be in that sort of comfortable pocket for Harden. Well, uh, they're, they're doing whatever he wants. I mean, like yeah. like on some level, I I I, I will give them. You know, maybe it was just too obvious to not be able to give him the big deal that they that everyone assumed they would give him. And maybe that's why they ended up in this space, but they're, they're just like, all right, we're going to get every single old teammate you had and every player who played with you before. And you're going to spend the off season hanging out and going to parties and whatever. And by the way, we have your old GM and we have your old CEO and everything. Yeah. <laughs> everything. Look, it, it's tough. It's tough making new friends in your yeah. mid thirties. Like I, I get that completely. Like it, it's, I, don't you think though? So I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think that they should be really, really good in the regular season. I have a, I've been overly skeptical and will continue to be skeptical about Harden's ability to, to turn back the clock a little bit. But also I think what we saw in the the playoffs last year was actually like sort of stunning. And I, I think we're blocking it out a little bit. So the, the one thing that feels a little bit different to me is every year, and I blame you of this a lot, both privately and publicly, every year we sort of like take all, we sort of like clean up the room in the house that we need to clean up before visitors come over by taking all of the junk that's in the room and putting it in the closet and closing it and being like, yeah, all the junk's gone. And, and we go in sort of emotionally ready to dive in again yeah this year this year i think is i feel like we've put the most in the closet <laughs> i don't know we put a lot of shit in there over the years i don't know if i'm willing to give this year like the title on that one okay uh, but i mean you're right and like i'm definitely i definitely get like amused by tweets about like don't forget that like only a year and a half ago james harden was an mvp candidate or like yeah you know, the, 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 the the tweets about like him being in like the top percentile on various things it's, it's all very dietricky and yeah. I, like dietrich is back too which i which i've been very happy to see this uh this offseason like he's in full effect and it seems like we're sort of following his lead there. And like that, that's that's gonna happen. Like, I don't blame anybody for that. But I don't blame I, anyone, but I I guess I've always I've I've as time has gone on, I've I've sort of been able to see all those things more. It's always been I I think one of the the worst things about that is is uh, I always say like the unfortunate thing is that I'm right about the bad things mm. because I I tend to not 
cover those things up anymore. Just, just curse with all this knowledge you've acquired. No, 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 no. It doesn't mean I'm right about everything. It means the things that I'm right about are the bad, are, mm. tend to be the bad things. So yeah, that's, whatever. Yeah, that's fair, yeah. Uh, and like, I, 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 I tend to think that it doesn't necessarily, it's not the end of the world if, if the Harden we had last year is just Harden. I'm sort of kind of mentally making my oh. peace with that. I look, it's, it's obviously it's a the problem. It's the end of the world. It's the yeah, end of the world. It, it just means that Maxie's got to grow up real quick and, and we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm in a sort of balanced state. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this regular season. I, I can't wait for them to just kind of tear through it, which I think that they will do, even if Embiid misses games here and there. Like, I, I think it's, it's going to be one of the more... St- <laughs> this is always like a very cursed thing to say with the Sixers, but I think it's going to be one of the more stress-free uh, oh, seasons yeah. that we've had. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. sure. Yeah. It's coming. Every what, time you what, say what that, could go wrong? Yeah. 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 So before we get to the voicemails, hey, yo, I don't. Are you a dog person or not? No. I mean, no are, oh, you're scared not. of dogs, right? Aren't you terrified of dogs? I mean, scared is a strong word. I, I'm what I'm scared of isn't that they're going to like attack me, but I'm scared that I'm scared that they're going to like try to get in my space and like slobber on me and, and touch me and just generally like act like we're like that when we're not like I, I don't have that kind of relationship with any dogs to speak of uh, i'm not really a pets person in general but okay. I, I i understand cats a little bit better than i understand dogs well if you are a dog person we have a lot of dog people listen to the podcast big barker therapeutic dog beds has has been a sponsor of ours for a long time very proud to have big barker bigbarker.com slash ricky is where you go for a big barker dog bed it's just simply different it is different than the other dog beds on the market because it is made with the intent, uh, the the intent, with the intention, with the purpose, with the specific goal of keeping your dog healthier, right? Now you might think that sounds crazy. It's just a dog bed, but just think about you as a human. If you sleep on a bed that is not supportive, if you were to sleep on a pillow, which is sort of like what most dog beds are, you would wake up less healthy. Your back would hurt, your joints would hurt. And over time that would build up. That's what happens with dogs. And that's why getting a real dog bed is so important. And that's why Big Barker is so important. Bigbarker.com slash Ricky. This dog, this dog, this dog bed engineered by experts to keep your dog healthier. It is supportive. They did a study at PenVet on Big Barker and found these things to be true. Um, improvement in joint function, uh, reduction in joint stiffness, improvement in gait, all of these things happen. And the more your dog sleeps on a Big Barker, the better chance as your dog ages, your dog is going to stay in better shape. And it's important because your only goal as a dog parent as it were, is to keep that dog health, happy and healthy. Rebel sleeps on a big barker, um, has slept on a big barker for years and loves it. There's a 10-year warranty on the big barker because, hey, it's not cheap. It's a couple hundred bucks, but there's a 10-year warranty. The foam doesn't flatten or they replace it for free. A one-year at-home trial, if for any reason your dog doesn't like it or you don't like it, they will give you a full refund. They'll even pay for the shipping. Is handmade right here in the United States of America. Big Barker dog beds. There it is. Is that a sound that a dog makes? <laughs> no. No, probably not. No, 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 no. I don't know any animal makes that sound. All right. You want to get to the, uh, you want to get to the voicemail? Yeah, let, let's, that's what we're here for. Let's All right. It. All right. 833-LICKFACE is where you leave us a voicemail. 833-LICKFACE. I, 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 oh, I don't wait. know if you've already talked to the origin story oh. of this. Have, have you like explained how difficult it was to get the LickFace phone number? Or was that was that just... Uh, it wasn't hard. No? No. Wow. <laughs> Believe it or not, there aren't a lot of people that want 833-LICKFACE. <laughs> now, you don't need to do, the, use the, the E. Uh, e. Yeah. You can uh, keep off the last E for saving. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> Love that. And a, fi- a fine legacy of phone numbers along yep. the lines. Yeah. Yep. Here we go. Hello, Spike Mike and CJ. It's James from Philadelphia. I non-basketball question is whether you enjoy eating seafood or whether you'd have them as a pet in an aquarium. Do you guys like freshwater fish or saltwater fish? Uh, love the pod. Keep up the good work. Thanks. There we go. What do you think, AU? Are you a freshwater fish person or saltwater fish person? Uh, I, I don't know how to answer that question <laughs> at terms. Uh, I, will, I will say that uh, my girlfriend and I watched our, uh, her sister's <laughs> fish while they went on a cruise recently. Uh, I can't like a little blue fish named uh, Boba. Uh, and it, was, it, was, it was a worthy addition to the household for the time that, the, that he was with us. Uh, I love eating seafood. Seafood's delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, shellfish. Uh, I'm a big squid guy. People get mad at the texture of squid, but I, I fucking love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, lobster i'll spend like two hours on one of those things for sure like yep. get into all the nooks and crannies that, that that's absolutely my business 
uh, yeah, seafood is good times. And uh, having a pet wouldn't dissu- like having like a, a pet fish would not dissuade me from from eating fish or seafood in any meaningful way. Hmm. I mean, if uh, do you think if an alien were to come down from uh, another planet and look to see that you would love and have something as a pet and also murder it and eat it, do you think that would sound psychotic at all or no? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would just like I, I would get rid of the fish before I would get rid of my eating fish. I guess. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. I, I have said that like other pets that we've pet sat for that uh, that you know it, it sort of changes my relationship with the animal from a from a food perspective. But seafoods are too important. That's part actually, of my diet. You know, that's actually what happened. It's how I ended up vegan. Was rebel. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I did it once, like. I think 15 years ago is just sort of like a, oh, I'll try this sort of diet or whatever. But I remember the exact moment I was, we were on vacation in Delaware, shores of beaches, shout out, shout out Adam uh, Kasebi, Delaware beaches. And I was sitting with my dog in this beach house and I was looking at Facebook and I saw this video of a, it was some Facebook video of a, a, a monkey that was like on its deathbed or whatever and wouldn't eat or anything. And the monkey's like caretaker from 20 years ago showed up and the monkey started like smiling and like, Jesus. like laughing and eating. And I looked at the monkey and then I looked at my dog and I thought about other animals and I was like, ah, fuck, what's the difference? And it was that moment that I, that I stopped and I kept eating for what it's worth. I kept eating fish for a little while. And then I started now I've, I'm sort of a lunatic. Like I won't even eat honey. So do, do you think that rebel has any sort of grasp of the sacrifice you've made on his behalf? <laughs> like, like, have you talked no. about it with him? Like, can you no. sort of sense that the, no, no, no. I just, it just the, the idea of being, uh, it being capable of uh, emotion, you know, and pigs are smarter than you know, pigs are pretty smart animals, but yeah. whatever. I, I don't judge. I don't judge. I really don't judge I at, at all. It, it's just for me. It's a decision for me. No, I, and, and eventually, like, we're going to get to a place, like, like society's already getting pretty close with the fake meat. Like, it's, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if you really indulge in any of that stuff, but, like, it's it's like 80% of the way there now. Maybe, maybe like, like 70, but, like, it's going to get there, I think, like, in, within probably a decade or two. And when that happens, that's fine. Like, I'm, I'm not going to, like, eat meat on principle. I, yeah. I, will, I will gladly give it up when something when a better alternative is available. Uh, why don't we let's go to another another voicemail? Let's go with uh, with this one eight three three lickface. Like he said, he was going to sign a max deal this year. He had a feeling he was going to sign a max deal. He basically guaranteed that he was going to sign a max deal. He didn't sign a max deal. He signed for basically two years at below market value which is fine. And eventually he may end up signing a max deal. Every time you bring up Harden, you don't have to mention that all this is going to do is give him a max deal next year. You can't keep kicking the can down the road. He said he was getting it this year. He didn't get it. We were able to add players. Move on. Ah, the take police. Uh, Deeply weighing on that guy's soul too. Yeah, yeah, the take police. He said he was going to sign a max deal. Okay, let me go. Let me go point by point down this one. First of all, he did not sign below market value. He signed at exactly what market value is because that's what market value means. So unless he had offers for more money than this, then his market value was the contract that he specifically signed. And I would argue that his market value was much lower than anyone would have expected it would have been, or we would have heard about other teams being interested in him. My point about him signing a max deal moving forward is my concern that A, he will only get older as every season goes by. So every year later that he signs said deal becomes worse. And B, my specific concern was that he signed this knowing that he was going to sign that contract afterwards. And that the only reason they were able to get him to sign this deal is so they could overpay his friends. So like, again, James Harden is a really good basketball player at one point in his career was an amazing all-time basketball player. I think we all think it's unlikely he's going to get back to that. Maybe he could be better than he was last year. Who knows? Maybe he's worse. I, I don't know. He could be. However, if you want to be the one to like put your, like put the, the blindfold over your eyes, make pretend you didn't see what you saw last year, make pretend that like, 
this is this the, that that we all are like super thrilled with like Mr. Strip Club Partier guy all off season who has failed every single time in the playoffs, every single time his entire career, that you are okay giving him five years and $250 million after this season. That's fine. That's fine with me. He did sign for less than I expected, which I said on the pod. He signed a deal that I did not expect him to sign, which I said on the pod, but I will continue to repeat I am worried because I think it is possible that both the team and Harden and the rest of the league expected he would sign that deal going into this offseason. And I worry about the handshake deal after this season. Is that fair response or is it a little too biting at you? I mean, for, for you, it's definitely fair. Uh, okay. I, I think, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, don't really, I, don't, I don't really waste much mental energy on like the eventual max contract that Harden may or may not sign. I, I feel like the situation is probably going to resolve itself one way or the other before then. Either he's going to be kind of trash and, and just very clearly. And like, this is his excuse. Like, like we, we, he, he's, his excuse year is basically done with at this point. Yep, so if it's, if it's not this year, I don't think anybody is going to say, oh, we'll just give him one more year and just get, let For him sure. adapt or like like if it's not this year it's just not happening and that's that's not i don't think that's an impossibility by any stretch but i don't think that they're gonna agree to sign him for 200 million dollars just because they said they might last off season like if he's if he's just not james harden anymore then they'll figure out another contract or that it'll just opt into the second year or whatever uh like yes maybe he looks a little bit better this year and they kind of seize on that and end up signing him to that max deal like as a result Whatever, man. There's no such thing as an untradable contract in the NBA anymore. Like we, we we've seen this time and time again. Russell Westbrook got moved like three times with that awful contract, and he'll probably get moved again. Like it, it, it's, I, I'm not going. I, I'm much more concerned with how Harden plays this season than what that ends up meaning for us down the line. Uh, we have I think, Max. Yeah, I think that's a fair thing to say. I I think the 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 thing there's no such thing as an untradable contract is is a bit of a like. A, a bit of a, a misleading statement in that sure you could trade it if you attach a bunch of shit to it. Like, yeah. you know, at this point, Russell Westbrook is an untradable contract unless they give people something that they also want. Right. So everything is tradable. As long as you trade it, I would argue that if everything was so tradable, there'd be a certain power forward that wouldn't be here on the team right now. But the, the difficulty in trading him is, is part of the issue. Yeah. It's, it's a matter of, yeah, of, of you know, pride point And like, w- w- at what point like it, it becomes more destructive. To, like, like, I, I think Tobias, like if he was legitimately not a good player, he would have been out of here by now. If he was legitimately not a helpful player, but the problem is that we we need him too much to sacrifice him for nothing, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I imagine that it, it'll probably be a similar situation if, if we get that with Harden. Like it, I think we will we'll be able to trade him at any point, and probably not at too much pain, but we'll just get nothing back, mm-hmm. and we might we may or may not be able to sacrifice that. But again, this, this is not a problem that I'm worried about going into this season. I, I, I do think that there's a pretty good chance, probably better than half, that uh, that this this ends up making sense for everybody one way or the other. Uh, and that way we, we, we don't end up having to kind of bite our lips and then uh, you can really swallow like a very, very difficult contract uh, for him after how he plays this season. 833 Lickface. Let's go to the next one. Hi, it's Connor from Percocy here. Just wanted to touch on the, uh, the new Sixers arena situation. I got a lot of people reading comments and everything that'll say to literally anything people say, oh, just take regional rail. Okay, that's awesome. Great. You live in the city. Okay, a lot of people don't. You know, say, for instance, here in Percocy, there's no septa station here. So that's really awesome. Uh, you know what's convenient about, you know, a sports complex that's out of the way with gigantic parking lots? I can just simply drive my own fucking car there. That's crazy. That's really easy. And there's a subway station right there that people from the city can also take. It works for everyone. But then I got people, too, that are like, oh, well, now you can drink after the game, too. You don't have to worry about it. Just get on the train. You know, it's awesome. I really don't see myself drinking on a November Tuesday evening after the 76ers play the Pistons. I just don't see myself doing that. Can we just keep it in the same fucking spot? See you guys. 
<laughs> I haven't heard your arena take. Uh, I, I, I have, I have even fewer takes on arenas than I do on jerseys when it, when it comes to like the location of the arena. Like I, I am not like a Philadelphia geography person. I don't, I don't know the, 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 the particulars well, also you, of the, you don't summit. live there and you don't, don't go to many yeah. games. And, so, and when I, when right, I did, yeah. yeah, when I did live there, I was not like a city person. I was very much a suburban person. And I, I didn't even, I wasn't even really much of a Sixers fan while I was growing up. So like, I, I don't have like lots of stories of, of going to Sixers games. I've probably been to like 20, maybe over the course of my life uh, at, at that location. Uh, in principle, I, I support like car guy over subway guy. Like I, I, I am also, even though I live in the city, I am, I'm much more identify as a car person. So I definitely appreciate the logic of like, Hey, just let me fucking drive there and pay whatever $25 for parking. That sucks. But like, uh, aside from that, yeah, sure. Just, just put it in a, a place out of the way that I can get to easily and get home from easily. I'll figure out the rest myself. That's fine. I, I, I feel that. As somebody who does not go to, who was a season ticket holder for a long time and is no longer a season ticket holder, and I don't go to that many games, I, I think I my position on the arena, I think I've made it pretty clear, but is 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 basically this: I personally don't care that much, but everything they've said about it is a lie. Sure. So so I, both things can be true, right? Like the idea of it making the the economy in the area better is a lie. The idea that um, like like oh, there's plenty of parking around there, it won't be any issue at all is a lie. Like like there's so many lies that are like that's just what annoys me. It annoys me when they lie to people. And I, I agree with that caller in that like everyone's like, oh, you can drink afterwards. It's like come on, can we grow up and not act like everybody is the fucking a person riding the bull at Xfinity Live after a basketball game? Most people just go the fuck home. And the reason they go the fuck home is not because there's not a place to go there and drink, is because it's 10 o'clock. Yeah, I, I will, I will <laughs> say, know? though, that there have been plenty of like Tuesday night Sixers-Pistons games that I have wanted to drink after. But, uh, <laughs> that, that part I don't necessarily understand, but the, the rest of it, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sort of with them on it. Body Bio is a sponsor of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. Man, we love Body Bio. Love Mike and Jess at Body Bio. Body Bio is a supplement company, but their their goal is to make you healthier. Uh, by using science and using cells and using all those sorts of things. Like, really, your health comes down to a few very important things: your brain, your gut, and everything's made up of cells. Sleep. Too. Um, and that's why uh, everything that they create is made with those things in mind. The, fa- the fact that they are a small business and family owned and family operated is actually super important in this space because science changes all the time. So their ability to update and have new products is a lot easier for a small company than it is for a big one. Bodybio.com. Go to bodybio.com and use code RTRS20 for anything on the website. This is sort of like the. Um, What's what's the drug called when it gets you into other drugs? Is it gateway, a uh, gateway drug? Gateway drug. So this is the gateway product for Body Bio. It's called Elite. Now hydration. You go into a convenience store, you see all of these drinks, right? These ener- these not energy drinks, but like the uh, hydration ones, the Gatorades, blah blah blah. They're all full of a bunch of shit. Artificial colors, artificial flavors. Uh, some of them sugar. Um, like you don't need that to stay hydrated. All you need is electrolytes and that's what Elite is. Elite is just pure electrolytes. So all you do is you spend like eight bucks on this giant bottle and you take a a small cap full of it in the morning, put it in whatever you're drinking, maybe one in the evening, and it helps you stay balanced and hydrated. Hydration is about more than just um, water. It, It is about electrolytes and water and this is perfect. I had this problem where I would get cramps in my calves and my thighs in my, even in like the back of my leg where my hamstrings were all the time. I started using Elite and they went away completely. Whether it's Elite, whether it's liposomal vitamin C, whether it's butyrate, anything that Body Bio has, there's a great explanation on the website of what it is for and why it's good for you. Try Elite, I'm telling you. 20% off at bodybio.com with code RTRS20. That is bodybio.com, code RTRS20. All right, let's get back to the voicemail, 833 Lickface. Here we go. Hi, my name is JP, and I have two questions for you. One, if all the fixers were playing one of those old games where they have to keep their hand on a car or something in order to win, who do you think would win? Who do you think would last the longest? And second, uh, if they decided to switch sports and become a baseball team, 
What do you think the lineup would be? And what do you think each of their positions would be? Thanks so much. Love the pod guys. Now this is two questions and they're both good. Would you concur that they're both good questions? Yeah, soft questions. So I, I, I like sort of understand the rules of hand on car game. Like it's just, just, Keep your hand on the car under, under all. Yes. So as, as a longtime radio person and have actually d- didn't do a hand on the car game, but we did this one promotion with WISP called live in it and win. And we got four people outside of Tony Luke's in a Mustang living in the car until there was one left. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, is, that is wild. Uh, yeah, it was wild. So, but this contest is mostly, they have a car there and they start with however many people, five people, all touching the car, and you can't stop touching the car, and the last person there wins. So who is the winner, do you think, from Sixers players? I can tell you who it's not. It's not Thibel. Sure. It's not Embiid. Probably not, no. It's not Harden. No, he's got too many places to be. Yep. It's uh, it's not Maxi. Yeah, a little, a little too frenetic. Uh, I, I think it's it's got to be PJ Tucker, right? Like he's just kind of that sort of staunch, unmovable. Like like he's a rock. Like he, he he probably just like stands in place for hours at a time, like just being at home. Yeah, I, it's it's one of the boat guys, yeah. and I I think it's Tucker. Tucker just seems to your point. He is he is the he is either the unstoppable force or the immovable object. He's mm-hmm. both of them at the same time. If if you told me, it's basically. The way I think about it is if you personally, if they're telling me you can eliminate one person who will go against you in this thing and of the Sixers players, the person I would eliminate would be PJ Tucker. The only thing is at 37, his body could get creakier quicker and it Mm -hmm. could become uncomfortable for him. But I don't see any of the younger players as as uh, what's the word I'm looking for as motivated as Tucker would be to win. Yeah. The, the only, the only thing is that we probably shouldn't totally discount Joel just because he is psychotically competitive. And like, you, you hear the stories about him, like beating up like eight year olds in Madden or whatever. Uh, like I, I, I imagine that this would definitely be a pride thing for him, at least at first, but he might get bored a little too easily. So right. I, I, I don't know if, if, if it was like a, a speed contest, I would take Joel, but if it's an endurance contest, I'd probably take Tucker. Yeah, and the other thing with Embiid is just being that big. I think creates extra un- oh. extra comfort problems. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah too, so. too, too, too many hours on his feet. That's a that's a good point. So let's talk about the Sixers as a baseball team and yeah, talk like, about the lineup. I like right? this question. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, if we're thinking classic baseball lineup, Maxi is the leadoff hitter. I, I, I think Maxi should hit leadoff for the Phillies like tonight. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I, it's driving me nuts having Kyle Schwarber in that leadoff spot. Like, it, like get me Maxi. Like, like, he was in the broadcast booth a couple weeks ago. Just, just send him down a you know flight or two, and uh, you know, give him a helmet. He'll, 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 he'll get thirty bags and hit two eighty for us. I imagine. So, to me, the two hitter is probably the the new guy. What's his name uh, from Memphis? Um, oh yeah, Melton. Yeah, D'Anthony Melton feels like a two-hitter to me. Sure. Or or Tobias Harris feels like a two-hitter, but Tobias Harris feels like the Gene Segura two-hitter in that <laughs> he he has like he yes, he's hitting 289, but his on-base percentage is 304, you know? He's <laughs> yeah. a deceptively bad two-hitter. So so to me it's D'Anthony Melton. What's your your no, thought? I, I like that. Uh def- definitely. I, I see Tobias as more of like a 6 or 7 anyway. Mm-hmm. Like he definitely seems like a I don't know, more of like a, like a late period Pat Burrell type to me. Harden hits three and beat hits four. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, Harden sort of, he, he sort of fits, I don't know, the Alec Boom a little bit. Uh, but also yeah. at this point in his life, is he just a get on base guy? Oh. Is he a five hitter or a one hitter? Yeah, I mean, in this lineup, he actually might be leading off. That's actually, he might be one of those like Brandon Nemo type leadoff hitters that gets on base a ton and just steals zero bases over the course of the season. Yeah, I'm uh, going to I'm gonna say that Harden leads off, Maxi hits third. No, because if, if you're not batting Maxi first, you got to bat him like eighth, I feel like. And and I don't want to do that. I, I think I'm, I'm sticking with Maxi one and Harden three. Harden, Harden probably still has a little power left too. He, he might be more of like a Bobby Abreu where like he, he actually, he's actually pretty good at the, uh, getting on base and then he still is still the deceptive quickness and deceptive strength. Uh, yeah. I, I would, I would say Harden three and beat four. Who hits fifth. Ooh, that's tough. God, does it have to be Tobias? Is there, is there another obvious one we're forgetting? 
Is it Tucker or is Tucker the, the seven hitter that nobody wants to face? <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the guy that had to like have like bring in the special reliever for. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I guess, I don't know. I, I feel like we're missing somebody obvious for, for five. Maybe it's Paul Reed, actually. I don't know. Maybe just a little kind of mid lineup chaos. Let me tell you if Embiid's hitting four and Paul Reed's hitting five, <laughs> Embiid's getting walked every time. That's a, that's a fair point. Yeah. He's. Yeah. Yeah, but he's too much of a wild card. You need a, I think you need somebody threatening, but also steady in the five hole. Yeah, so maybe it is just Tobias. Maybe, 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 uh, so Tobias, so Tobias five, Tucker six. Yeah. Uh, I mean, are are we batting either Matisse or Korkmaz or are they the kind of, I guess Matisse is more of like a pinch hitter at this point, right? Yeah, I I fucking, I've had enough of him. (laughs) Uh, I would hit, or Milton. No, we have Melton Milton second. So House seventh, maybe? No, not Melton, Milton. Oh, Milton, Shake Milton. Uh I, I would say House seven, Milton eight. And then yeah, I think we, we need to make I, I'm making line of space for Paul Reed. So we're, we're putting him ninth. That's okay. fine. Maybe he like he's, he ends up being like a weird on base guy that ends up you know cycling the order over and has more guys on base for for Harden and B to, to drive in. I'm fine with that. The voicemail line, eight three three lickface. Next voicemail is up. EJ, this is your girlfriend's dad. I'm ready to measure you. And next time, make sure to dry clean my fucking robe when you give it back. Wow. Have you been uh, you have I, you been aware of the CJ height controversy? No, about I, how, I totally missed this subplot. I'm gonna have to double back for this one later, I guess. So CJ said he was how tall? Six feet? Yeah. And we didn't believe him. And we suggested he was doing the pod from his girlfriend's parents' house. And we asked if his girlfriend's dad could measure him. And we have gotten approval saying that that will happen. And in the last pod, CJ wore, or two pods ago, CJ wore his girlfriend's dad's robe as he tried Harden's wine. Wow. What kind of robe was it? Uh, Generic cotton. (laughs) Generic vanilla robe. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So CJ, it's a good time to actually talk to CJ. So if if you don't mind, CJ, are you are you okay with this? We don't. I, I got some time. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Good. <laughs> so, you know, the the real heads know that the real Ricky heads know that during the pandemic was when we first met Matt from Mount Joy as he came on the pod and did a cover of Tony T's classic, You Don't Fuck With Me, uh, I Don't Fuck With You, which is available on the internet somewhere. We, we had, it was a digital EP of people covering, <laughs> people covering this song. People, by the way, from immensely popular uh, artists covering this fake song, but Matt from Mount Joy was one of them. And Matt became a friend of the pod. And at one point was playing, I never remember the name of this venue in Philly. Um, the new one, Fillmore was playing the Fillmore and asked me if anybody would like to go. Now I was not in town and Mike was not in town, but CJ wanted to go. And CJ, we said he put him on the list. CJ got there. CJ was not on the list. And, uh, you know, Matt promised to make it up to him. Matt came on the pod. They are playing Philly tonight. They're playing the Skyline stage at the man. And Matt offered CJ the ability to come on stage during one of the songs. And CJ countered with, yes, but all of my friends have to come too. <laughs> and Matt said, yes. So this is all tonight. I guess, CJ, I want to know your feeling going in. Are you going to be on the list? And also, have you had communication? How many people are you bringing? What is the setup for this? Okay, yeah. So right now, I think it's four people with me. So okay. five total. Um, okay. In preparation, they've mo- all of them have gotten tickets already. Like I, I, we're we're prepared to be let down. Okay. Like I I am not experiencing <laughs> that. So AU for for filler of what happened last year, I went there with a friend. It was like my first month in Philly. Uh, we try to get tickets. Uh, we try to get to the the door and like say my name. And we're like, shit out of luck. We can't buy tickets there. And then just a random couple comes by and like, oh, we have two extra tickets. Do you want to go in? So we're like, oh, my God, thank you so much. Like, this is incredible. That was the worst, like, 15 minutes of my life. Like, it was awful just waiting there, like, with this friend who I'm bringing right. to this venue for the first are you, time. Are you bringing the couple, too? Tonight? Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're added on the list. Um, I wonder what they're, what they're doing. I wonder if they're going tonight. But, um. Yeah, so in preparation for that, everyone has purchased tickets. So I'm going to go and I'm going to see if I'm on the list. I'm expecting not to be. And, hmm. then, 
And do you have do you have details for how you're getting on stage or? Oh no, yeah, none. That was a. Uh, yeah, okay, I'm, all right. I'm, I'm not shooting for that. Also, like, <laughs> so look. so CJ, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you their manager's cell number, and I want you to text them because I think it's. While I think it would be funny if it doesn't happen, I actually think it's better if it does happen. Okay. And, and what what exactly is the plan? Like, assuming this all goes perfectly, you're, you're on stage, you and your, your four closest friends. What what are y'all gonna do when you're up there? Is there like do you have, do you have tambourines ready? Like he, cowbell. He said for um when when he came on last time, they I think they had just started their tour or they were um getting ready to start. And one of the plans for the tour was during a Johnson song was to like bring people up on stage every time for that song each, each night. Um, and then kind of just like dance around and stuff on stage. Um, and so he brought that up and then that's, I think Spike countered like, Oh yeah, CJ should come up, come up on stage for that. Are are you and your, are you and your friends planning on recreating the high school video? Oh, the dance video. Oh boy. There, there were a few people that were, uh, that were in that video that that will be there tonight. But, um, (laughs) oh, wow. That, that'd be a real Easter egg for the, for the long time. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's a good one. That's a good one. I love that Um, video. But looking at the venue too, it doesn't seem like it's too accessible just to like walk on stage. Well, you'd have to be backstage. You'd have to be ready. Right. They would have to have everyone there. Right, so uh, I guess I guess we'll see what what happens in the hours leading up to the well, I just, event. I just texted you their manager's uh, cell number, <laughs> and uh, you should text them uh, because I want you to be on stage. I really, really want you to be on stage. I also don't want them to think I'm just like, hey, like give me all this <laughs> shit. Like it, it's me from that podcast that he yeah, went on that but one they time. offered, they offered, and I think they would. I, I get Matt seems like he's a real listener. Like there are right. some people that sort of listen, but Matt actually listens. So I think Matt would want it to happen. That oh, is my guess that Matt wants it to happen. You and your friends have bought five tickets to this event. Like you're basically a promoter at this point. Yeah, right. They got to take care of you on the back yeah, end. I <laughs> the, the least they could do, right? Yeah. yeah. And, my, my, and my other question is, are you, pre- have you like listened to the song a bunch and are you prepared to like step in on harmonies if they're calling you to do mm. so? Yeah. I was a little nervous about that too, because, you know, like oftentimes I don't, I'm not like looking up the lyrics. I'm just like singing what I, you know, I've heard. And like, I like the song. It's a good song. And the chorus is very catchy and it's very like sing alongy. So I, I don't think like you, you would have had to have heard it more than once to like catch it. But I'm curious to what they do because that's like my biggest fear. Like you're doing karaoke or something, and, and someone just shoves a mic in your face, and right. you're like, "Oh, you fuck, be, where are we you at?" Gotta be ready, absolutely. Yeah, so I'm a little nervous for that. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. But um, fingers yeah. crossed, CJ. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yep. Before before we get to more voicemails, a guy who would always know the words to every song if a mic was thrown in front of him is L.L. Pavorsky of L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, the original sponsor of the Ricky. We've told this story many times, but not only is he the first sponsor of the Ricky, he convinced us to have sponsors. He wanted to sponsor the pod long before we took any of them. And for a while, we just said, okay, you're the sponsor. Just donate to these charities. And that's what he did. And here we are almost 10 years from when we started the pod, I think like seven from when we started with LL, with nearly 300 rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners buying engagement rings from LL, nearly 300. Uh, He's been at that same spot at 707 Walnut for over 30 years. You don't get to like this spot. You don't get all these emails about what a a good guy he is and how much he helped get a ring. You don't get, we don't get all those emails. You don't stay in business that long unless you're either really, really good and honest or a total crook. He's not a total crook. He he just doesn't. He's great. And I'm so proud that so many Ricky listeners have purchased engagement rings from him. Mike got an engagement ring from him. Of course, we had somebody getting, a couple get engaged with a L. Alpavorsky ring at a a lottery party. We had a couple get married with L. Alpavorsky rings at a lottery party. He's just been all in. And take it from someone who has been in, you know, been in jewelry stores. I you know, bought an engagement ring before I knew of LL and they are, can be terrifying. There's salespeople just waiting for you, waiting to jump on you. It's just not the way it is at LL Pavorsky Jewelers. In fact, it's so different. He wants to, he wants you to make an appointment before you even come in. He doesn't want that. No surprises, right? No surprises. So if you want to make an appointment with LL, 215-627-2252, that's 215-627-2252. If you're like AU and you don't like using, uh, making phone calls, you can send them an email, lee at llpavorsky.com 
or just tweet at him at LL Pavorsky. He is a, a uh, supporter of our uh, Providence Animal Center Bark in the Park run team and uh, Mama T's community fridge. LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Uh, where uh, karaoke is always an option. I, 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 was, I, I was just trying to look for a way in to talk about how much I want to do karaoke with LL sometime. Like, oh, maybe we should. Are you coming on? Do you want to come on Fly the Process to Austin and San Antonio? There's got to be a, he'll be there. There's got to be a karaoke bar there. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll look into that. Okay. Uh, I, I, my girlfriend and I haven't gone on vacation in like three years. But I'm sure she would be very understanding about me going uh, to, to see a basketball game and do karaoke with uh, with one of our partners. Well, it would be Oscar. fun. Uh, it would be fun. Trip, trip to Austin, one of the nights should be be uh, LL karaoke night on yeah. uh because we'll have three nights in austin one of them's a basketball game but the other two nights we have something to do so I'll break out the chicago deep cuts get some steely dan in there I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm game let's do it uh why don't we go to back to the voicemail 833 lickface that's 833 lickface so this traveling queen song is naturally capturing the the minds and imagination of the country Um, and so I'm just wondering, you know, I don't know. There's, you know, the NBA on NBC song that everyone loves. There's the SEC on CBS. And then like, this is probably like song number three in the lexicon of sports, uh, love songs. And so as this pertains to the Ricky vinyl, I was thinking there might be like an extended traveling queen song along the lines of like the doors, the end or stairway to heaven. Wondering if you guys think that's uh, mm. naturally just in the works at this point. Uh, this is Kenny. Love you guys. Hmm. Uh, first AU, we don't know what your opinion on the traveling queen song. Are you a fan? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of the player and I'm a fan of the song. Uh, I, I would definitely love to hear like a, a full length version of that. I, I've been bugging him to make a, uh, version of a CCR's Traveling Band, which is the song I always get stuck in my head when I see Traveling Queen play. Ah, and, that, and I, I feel like there's an entire cover album uh, in, in the works here. Mootloo. Hello, Mootloo. Uh, we, as many Traveling Queen... So the problem is we can't sell vinyl with the melody from Caribbean <laughs> Queen on it. Uh, like, well, there's also like a, a tremendous vinyl shortage across the country right now. If we if we were like to start the project now, we can maybe ship in like 2027. Like, I... Huh. I, I, I there's always a there's always a solution. There's always a the, I think the the bigger problem with the vinyl shortage is that you're talking about places that are making tons and tons and tons mm. of vinyl. We could make ten yeah. records I'm, if we want. I'm sure you know a guy. I always know. I know a guy for everything. Um, sure. That said, we can't sell something with Caribbean <laughs> Queen on it. Yeah, was it surprising to you that Mike had never heard that song? No, I, I mean, like that's not a song that I think my generation has like a particular awareness of, I mean, if, if you're a person that like cares about pop music history, sure. If you're a person that grew up listening to like eighties hours on like oldie stations or whatever. Do you sure. think it's more popular? Do you think more people know this or Brandy, you're a, a fine oh, girl. Brandy, you're a fine girl. Like that, that, that's always timeless. Caribbean queen is, is an eighties classic, but it's distinctly eighties. Like, hmm. Yeah, no, I, I bet you, do I want to? Do I want to put my reputation? On this? Well, do would, we want to do airplay? Rate, current radio airplay? I, I was going to say uh, spins on Spotify. I can check it while you vamp or something. But uh, but, but also because 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 uh, Brandy has like the the recent soundtrack advantage. I don't know of a yeah. movie that has used this song in thirty years. Hmm. I mean, I can check radio. I mean, I could check which song. I could actually check that as we were talking. Right, we're gonna have a metrics off here. I could check uh, streams and sales if you want. Um, fuck, I can't check radio right now. <laughs> I used to be able to check radio and I'm I gonna, can't I'm going to send you right an email now. after this with like all, like, like a dozen screenshots of just different metrics, uh, illustrating. That well, that radio th there is a Spotify problem because of the, because it, it is, I think certain songs, if they, if they blow up for a certain time, then it can skew the sure. total popularity of the song. So I think we need we need a bunch of different metrics right. on this one. Well, they're they're both number one hits. I'll tell you that much. Both both Hot 100 number one hits. Uh, so they're tied there. So that's a tie. Tied there, yeah. Unless how long did how long did they both stay? Really, that I don't top? know offhand. I don't, I don't think either of them had like a particularly long run. But one might have been like three weeks, and the other was two or something like that. I, I will. I will. I, I got the the Fred Bronson big book of number ones over here somewhere. Okay. I'll, I'll look it up after we're done. Eight three three Lickface is the number. Sorry. Traveling Queen 
It's a shame he may not make this team because the roster's now at 17 and we have to get down to 15 because they just sent a guy caught with three pounds of green. That's very fun. We got a B-side already. That's awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. By the way, you made the... The, the chorus longer and didn't really totally yeah. understand the melody. But yeah, he, he, he never got to the resolution of it. Yeah. I, I kept waiting, but it didn't happen. Uh, 833 Lickface is the number. Let's go to... Hmm, I don't even know what this one is. Hello, Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast. My name is Daniel Carr. I appreciate you guys having me on to voice my concerns about the optimism on Travel and Queen. I just wanted to clarify a couple of things because I caught a lot of slander on that. Number one, called them the 76ers because, to be fair, I knew I was going to get on the podcast and I was a little nervous. Never been on live television before, but I felt like that kid who rode a roller coaster for the first time. As for traveling Queen, I'm as optimistic as anybody when it comes to him. I'm as optimistic as I was for Furk and Corkmath because I love that man. And if you check my Twitter at Chill Dan, You'll see that he is not only my profile picture, but also the header on my Twitter. All right. I've actually had enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> to be quite I honest, where that was going, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know where it was going. I think it was it was in reference to I think he might have gone nuts on Mike for being too positive about Charlie Brown Jr. or something or Trevlin Queen. <laughs> this is some real offseason shit we're getting into, right? I was not expecting yeah. to get like three Trevlin Queen calls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there's the, most of the voicemail is people seeing the Trevlin Queen song actually cycle through it. I only have two drops. I have the Trevlin Queen one. And the Mike talked about his basketball team one, which is that one. But he never talks about <laughs> Forgot it. Forgot about that. That was yeah. a classic. Yeah. yeah. He will. He will when the team starts again. I think I've actually frightened him <laughs> off with that one. Oh, man. Yeah. That, that, I, yeah. That, that, that's the problem. Like, I, I, had a, I had a roommate once that like kept calling things the worst over and over again. And, and like I, I even like, started to make like, a, like a, a list of them that I had on my phone. I would always add one when he, uh, when he, when he said a new thing was the worst. And then, then, like, we showed him the list and we made him self-conscious about it. He never said it again. Of things that were the worst. Yeah, things that were the worst. I still have it somewhere. It's a, it's a fantastic list. It's very, very all over the place. All right, let's do one more voicemail. And we actually got an email this week. We'll get to that, too. So, 833-LICKFACE is the voicemail number. Hey, guys. This is Ryan from Fishtown. I uh, sent you an email about this a while ago. So, uh, apologies if you covered it on the pod. But I have this childhood memory of Charles Barkley in a post-game interview saying how much he loved playing at the Rectum. I mean, Spectrum. And I, I don't know if this actually happened. I've tried Googling it. Don't Google Charles Barkley Rectum. I've asked friends. I have no idea. I was wondering, number one, did this actually happen? And number two, if it didn't, is there any world in which Charles Barkley never called the arena the Rectum. Thanks in advance. Bye. Okay, so this guy has his own Mandela effect thing happening where he remembers something that may or may not have happened. So the question being, I, I think as both his windows were down, is that he has a specific memory of Charles Barkley referring to the spectrum as the Rectum. Do yeah, you have a memory of this? I, I have no memories of Charles Barkley on the Sixers. Period. Like I, he was, uh, I, I was six when he got traded. Uh, no, that that, that that that's not part of my Sixers experience. I mean, there's only one man in the world that would know the answer to this question, and, and that's uh, that's Dave Ruder. I mean, we, we we might have to like uh, call him perfect. as a special special consultant on this one. Uh, but yeah. I, I, if, if it happened, he either would remember it or he would have come across it in his exhaustive research on the ninety one ninety two Sixers. Yeah, for sure. Now, I do remember Charles Barkley as, I don't know if I've ever said on this pod, my dad uh, was so tight with Barkley at one point that he used to bring home clothes that Charles didn't want anymore. And I wore some of those clothes. <laughs> and in high school, I once wore a Charles Barkley owned Kuji sweater to high school. Oh my God. Goodness, that's a yes. collector's item. Yeah. Do you still have that somewhere? I don't. I don't have any. I, I'm not a keeper anymore. I throw things out and I don't. This would have been when I was like 16 or 17 years old, but I wore a Charles Barkley owned Coogee sweater to high school. That is an extremely uh, mid 90s sentence. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah, for sure. So, Dave Ruder, what, you know what? I, I could, I could also just ask my dad to ask Charles. 
did you ever call the spectrum the rectum? He might have a, but I'd rather hear from Dave Ruder anyway. So, and, and I'm sure he has at one point in mm-hmm. his life called it that. I mean, I, I don't know if there was a microphone in front of it. I don't know, but anyway, you know, captured the moment for the historical record, but he, he's done it for sure. Yeah. Final email. We'll, we'll end it on an email. It came from Steven, a basketball question. We usually like guys in contract years because they're especially motivated to perform well to get a new contract. This is the last year of Shake Milton's team friendly deal. Do you think we should expect a big shake year for that reason? Or do you think that makes Shake a natural trade ship because the Sixers know they won't pay him what it would take to keep him? I, so, you know, home team fans are always the most like overrate and underrate their players the most like worried about what it would take to pay shake Milton. No. What, what do we think shake Milton's going to cost? I, I don't make any more predictions with shake Milton. Uh, <laughs> I, I, at the beginning of the 2020, 21 season, I declared him our third most important player after Embiid and Simmons. Uh, and then he proceeded to do nothing right for the rest of that season. And, just just went around like with his forehead on fire uh, the entire time, just arguing with the refs and not making 10 foot jumpers. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm just along for the ride at this point in the shake Milton experience, whatever, whatever happens, happens, whatever we get from him. Great. I, I am as unconcerned as I am about James Harden's next contract. I am about uh, 3% as concerned uh, about uh, shake Milton's. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worried. People used to say that about Dario all the time. We have to trade him because we don't want to have to pay him. I'm just like, what are you talking about? Like, what are you, not everybody gets a max contract. Shake Milton has been borderline average his entire career. He's had a couple of really great moments, but most of the time he's been like, fine, a 10th guy on a good team. What, what do we think he's getting paid? $3 million a year? Yeah, you know? I mean, he, he's had stretches of being like a fifth, sixth type guy, but he's also had stretches of being a 15th, 16th type guy. So yeah. like, it about balances out. I, I love Shake. I'm, I'll be happy for his like one month of hot play where he's actually making shots and getting into the lane and you know flexing or whatever. But uh, I, I, I yeah, no, no expectations there. Well, AU, do you have any, do you want to leave anybody with anything? Do you want to plug anything? Do you want to, uh, Oh boy. No. Uh, well, well let me ask how are you, how are you, do you, do you still follow the Phillies at all? Like, do you, do I do. You, do you, I do. Okay. I do. I watch, I, I, I watch some, I watch more Yankees than I watch Phillies, but I right. do, I do, I do still follow all of the Philadelphia teams. And are, are you, how, how secure are you feeling in them making the playoffs on a scale of one to 10? Oh, I'm pretty secure in them making the playoffs. I would say that I'm a seven and a half. But I also, uh, I don't think that they're actually good, but they're actually better than they've been in a long time. Yeah, I think they're actually good enough to just make the playoffs and yeah. get swept probably or 2-1 in the first round, whatever. But uh, I, 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 I can't tell you how much I've been enjoying the season, man. I, I, I don't know what it is that, that makes this, this team more enjoyable than the past handful of teams that were only slightly worse than this. But like it's it's been such a respite from from all things Sixers, and I I I, I mean it's and it's dangerous because I've gotten to the point where if they don't make the playoffs, it will feel like blowing Game Five against the Hawks again, and I I, I can't have that happen. But it's it's been a major part of my summer, and it's it's great to have the Phillies be relevant and be a thing again. I'm I'm, I'm so happy about that. Let's see. I'm I'm checking to see what the uh, DraftKings odds of them are to make the playoffs. They are currently minus 650 uh, to make the playoffs. So I'm pretty, you know, pretty strong favorite to make the playoffs at this point. I tell you, if they don't, well, I'm going to wait for that take. If they don't make the playoffs, I already have a I take. I can't even imagine. Yeah, I have like, a take brewing. Oh man, it's, it, it's <laughs> such a good one. And I, I is it? It's I've been scaring. Philadelphia's own Jack Fritz with the take by texting it to him and he knows that it's possible that it's true so it he doesn't like seeing it but I will unleash it on the world if they don't make the playoffs well, I'm glad to have that to look forward to if nothing else if they do blow this extremely easy winnable division or wildcard spot that uh, they, they man uh two more games against the nationals three more against the marlins uh go four and one here just make it easy on all of us please like like uh, they, they, because they, they got a tougher schedule coming up they've been good against being they be good at beating up against the bad teams they just got to keep doing that <laughs> i mean it feels like i'm talking about the sixers all over again at this point where it's just like yeah just just yeah, we know they're not really a contender but just, just beat up against the bad teams make it give us a fun regular season that's good enough for now uh but 
that's all I wanted. I, I just want to, to end the streak. What, what years that yeah, I mean, how it's been 2011 was the last um, playoff time, right? Long, longest of any NL team. That's that's sort of unreal. But, well, they uh, just keep adding more playoff teams every year, so eventually they'll they'll, they'll get there. Yeah. yeah. And what, what, how do you feel about eliminating the shift? I'm very pro eliminating the shift. Are you? Uh, you're, the, I think, the only person that I've heard espouse that opinion. I I, I think oh, really, it's um, um, it's such an obvious rule to me. Yeah, but it's just conceptually dumb. Like it's 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 about like don't use strategy in the game. It's about no, like, it'd be, you're it'd wrong. Like, be like outlawing zone in basketball or something like. But they, they did. The NBA outlawed outlawed zone for years. That's what the illegal defense was. Like that didn't even come back to like four years ago. But, but that's that's silly. Like like it's that, not that, silly. They they that why then why is there a three second rule? Oh, I mean, you got to regulate it a little bit. You got to make sure that it's not like unwatchable. But you, I, I mean, I haven't really looked into the particulars of the of the of like what the actual fine print of the shift banning is. But to me, it's just like. It's just defense. Like it just just play good defense. Like no, you, no, you, you no. can hit around it and hit around you're, it. This is this is so, that you're so wrong. Leagues, sports leagues, change these rules all the time to to change gameplay. All the time. The NBA's I, I, done I it. The NFL's what, done it. Have, have they ever done it? Just like I, mean, I guess you're right with, with, with the banning of the zone. But it's just like just don't stand there. You're not allowed to just stand there. That, like, there's plenty of rules in football about where you can stand. Yeah, I, I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, this this might make the sport more. I mean, the, the stats say that it doesn't actually change that much anyway. That the, the batting average balls in play stays the same with or without the shift. But it, it just I don't know. It it, it seems like. Like there's not much to the actual strategic element of baseball on a play-by-play basis to get rid of this very large chunk of it seems wrong to me, but I also would have been against the, uh, the, uh, the man on second in the extra innings rule when they, when they first introduced that. But I, I, after two years of that, I do think that that's a better way. That's it's a better game with that. So maybe I'll feel the same way about the shift. That it's, it's, conceptually, it bothers me. Yeah, it's it's actually way better. I, I felt the yeah. same way about the person on second. I was like, what a dumb rule. And then when you're watching games, it's way more exciting. It just it is like yeah. there's anticipation every inning instead of dread. You know, it it was definitely a positive change. All right. Mike will be back on Wednesday night and we actually have a special guest on Wednesday night. We haven't said who it is, but we do have a, a good special guest and, um, and that's it. Thank you for sitting in AU. Appreciate yeah. you. Good if luck you tonight. CJ. Are you down with TTP? Yeah. You know, look this. If you don't fuck with me, then I, then I won't fuck, fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I, then I won't fuck, fuck with you. With you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! Thanks for playing me.